0: Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron.
1: And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your
0: relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to be with you again today. I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why the heck your therapist asks you about your childhood? <laughs> why do they always bring that up? I actually I was talking with somebody about this and he was asking one of my clients was asking me, like, okay, so I gotta just ask you, like, why do you need to go into my childhood? Like <laughs> Can we just talk about what's happening right now? No, I want to. I want to know how you built the sandbox, <laughs> your little sandcastle on the beach, <laughs> right? But there is a reason for that because you know when everything that you know and that you are, everything about you was built in that sandcastle <laughs> when you were five <laughs> years old. No, it was built in your childhood. There is an actual reason why we ask all those questions because there's some really, really formative stuff um, that happens during those really important developmental times that we want to know what went down back then that is shaping and influencing and informing who you are today and why you might be where you're at. So before we get into that topic, though, we want to tell you about a new service that we created, Nathan and Aaron, here at the ShrinkThink podcast that's going to be coming soon for therapists and people going to therapy. It's called ShrinkThink. These are short educational videos to inform you so you can be empowered to get the most out of your therapy experience.
1: Yeah, so just imagine you want to go to therapy, right? Yeah, I know it's hard, <laughs> but, but you maybe never done it before. You've been listening to the podcast. These videos just are, they, they are really short. Um, they're like maybe two minutes each or whatever. And they go over things that would help you to understand what the process is going to be about. And like how long it goes, when, when it should be over, how to set your goals, what to expect from a therapist, how to confront your therapist, how to pay for it, a bunch of different things.
0: Yeah. And these are, these are the kinds of things that when you go to therapy over the first couple of sessions, maybe few, your therapist is going to be talking with you about those things and hopefully informing and educating you in session while you're cha-ching, paying for the cha-ching <laughs> session. And so we were thinking, well, why don't we just take it out of the session and put it in your pocket? You know, whether it's in your um, tablet, on your phone, your computer, so that you can watch these videos and listen to all that information on your own, on your commute or while you're walking or whatever, laying in bed, not sleeping. Also not paying for it. And also not paying for it. <laughs> yes, paying for it. <laughs> um, so. Um, Yeah, these are just great educational videos because we want to help bridge the gap between therapists and clients. So let your
1: therapist know they can get access and then they can send those over to you.
0: Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to be um, putting some information out there. You can sign up for our email list at shrinkthink.com and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, changing your life one listen at a time. That's right. Starting with this
0: podcast.
1: But first... Let's get into your childhood.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Nathan, tell me what happened exactly in that sandbox when you were five years old.
1: <laughs> oh boy, this is where no inappropriate touching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that might be triggering, actually. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, wh- okay. Why? Why is this childhood stuff? What's going on in childhood? That's so dang important. Yeah. Well, I,
1: part of the thing of it is, is that when you're a kid, you are there's different ways that we develop, right? So in the beginning, um, this guy, Piaget, and some people don't like Piaget, but who gives a crap? I like him. Um, he, he's a developmental psychologist. And if you're my age, you have at some point probably heard about him in high school. I mean, it, this was not like a, even a college thing. But at any rate, he talks about this thing called concrete thinking, right? So as a kid, what that means is that children don't have the ability to abstract think. So like when I was getting my um, extra qualification for child therapy, one of the things that we learned is like you, you do not ask children why questions. You don't you don't say why
0: they ask you the why questions. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. and they don't even necessarily understand when they're asking why they're not really asking what you think that they're asking because they can't hold those two things in their mind that are abstract. Like they're not they don't know the process that they're in.
0: Yeah, it's like a simple cause and effect. Like what's the answer? OK, got it. Let's move on.
1: Right. So, um, you know, that if you think back to the arguments you might have got into as a kid is my dad stronger than your dad, you know, like your dad is the strongest man that, you know, so therefore he is the strongest man in the world. Like <laughs> there is no one stronger. And it's the same thing with like everything. Right. So when you learn something as a kid, it's a fact. It's not debatable. It is the way that it is, which is why it's it's so um formative because we just we just learn that stuff and we learn a lot as kids think about um one thing i'll ask people is where did you what do you know about dinosaurs and the chances are you did a dinosaur unit when you were in fourth grade and everything that you know about dinosaurs unless you're a discovery nerd (laughs) happened when you're nine like
0: even right now you're going mind blown this is what Nathan does in his therapy sessions. <laughs> I know you have some conflict going on that's really traumatic, but tell me about dinosaurs, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Tell me about a plesiosaurus,
0: <laughs> yeah, a people plesiosaurus, <laughs> right?
1: Right. So if you you learn relational dynamics, also, right? So how your parents are or caregivers are, um, how other kids treat each other—that's just how things are. I mean, that's a fact. That's why. A lot of people go like, yeah, my childhood was fine. I mean, quite frankly, you know, um, not a trigger warning by any stretch, but if you at a younger age realized that your childhood sucked, then it probably really sucked Um, because you're looking at everybody else's childhood and going, mine is definitely not going that way. But everybody has malformations in childhood, stuff that wasn't supposed to happen. And that's typically the root of how things go on in adulthood.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm going to speak to a couple other things as well. We'll get into some um, attachment stuff. You know, we've spoken to um, attachment theory just v- like very, very briefly in a couple of previous episodes. Um, but I also want to talk about um, feelings and beliefs that get encoded in feelings. One of the things that will happen in childhood when you're going through something, you'll feel something like this feeling will come up. And you don't realize it because you don't have this conscious awareness. But in that moment, you make a a conclusory belief. You believe something as a fact that's going on based on how you're feeling or how you're experiencing that person or that situation. And oftentimes that belief gets encoded into the feeling, meaning that every time you feel that feeling, I always think about it sort of like a wave. Whenever that wave comes over you. You know, there's this little computer chip that's in that feeling, that belief that gets activated of like, oh no, this is terrible, or um, I'm in danger, or um, I, everybody hates me, or I'm no good, or whatever that belief is that gets activated, and it starts there in childhood because it's just so powerful. You know, you're just a flood of emotions and hormones and experiences, and you don't, if you don't have anybody helping you to organize those things and understand what's really happening then you might not even realize that those beliefs are getting encoded or even what they are so that later on you just start carrying those things through your life. And, you know, this thing called confirmation bias will happen where you'll have another experience later in childhood or teenage years or even young adulthood, and it'll confirm what you felt and what you believed, because in a way you're kind of looking for that to be true. You don't want it to be, but you're like, ah, I knew it. There it is. And it just reinforces that dang thing over and over and over.
1: Yeah. And the thing of it is, is you don't know. Um, and so the, like, think of the the folks out there I'm, I'm thinking of right now are the ones like, my parents were pretty good. They helped me process stuff. Well, I'm sure that they did. But the reality is, is that they did not know. And you did not know every single time that you have a wave. Kids don't know that. They just have, I mean, and you have the same neurophysiological uh, system that you had back then right Neuro- What? Yeah. <laughs> the same internal body works
0: <laughs> what what is that word
1: Bring Neurophysiological. so the way that your body moves um like blood and energy around inside your body it's the same way that it that i moved it back then is what it how it moves it now so if you're terrified now, because somebody's going to beat you with a bat, right? You're scared. <laughs> you Shoves you in them, a box, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's really realistic. I'm terrified, right? <laughs> but when you're little and you see like, uh, like maybe um, a monster, like not necessarily a monster, well, maybe a movie, right? That it's, it's a monster movie of some kind. That's not real, but the same fear that you have when you're little about that monster is going to be the same fear you have with that dude that's going to hit the bat, like get you with a bat. It's like your body's working the exact same way. Is my point. And so you have to organize your, your beliefs that are organized around that organized just as firmly as they would in either situation. Whereas later you might be, man, that really scared me. And every time somebody grabs a bat, I I freeze and I freak out. Well, that makes sense because that actually happened to you. But that same reality is true. Like, I can't, can't watch monster movies because I freeze and I, and I just can't watch those like, well, it's just a movie. We can move past it. Like, there's not really a reason for you to be scared, bro. Like, sorry, it's the same body, same system.
0: Right. And so in the same way, there's also this other thing called attachment. Um, When you're, you know, birth to six months or so, and then for the first few years of your life, that's getting reinforced. And like I said, we've talked about it in a couple of previous episodes. Um, we're not going to go into that in depth, but there's there's lots of literature out there. There's been a lot more research in the last 40 years or so about this. And, you know, um, Bowlby, Maine, Ainsworth, these are all the different kinds of names that you could research out there about attachment theory. But essentially, the idea is that you learn how to connect with and be in tune with another person in relationships through those early experiences with your caregiver. In
1: your same body.
0: Yes, in your (laughs) same body, not somebody else's body. (laughs) Um, And so those experiences... Tell you like what's safe, what's not safe, if you're okay, if there's something wrong with you, you believe that there's something wrong with you. That's one of those like messages that can get encoded, right, at a very young age. Or if other people are safe, or how secure that relationship is, how predictable that connection or that intimacy is going to be. So, all that throughout your childhood, those early connections, and then how those play out in those early years of your life are building and framing and reinforcing all these experiences and beliefs about yourself, about other people, relationships, and the world. And you don't realize it, but when you enter into the world as, as a, like a 20-something or whatever, um, you're carrying all that with you. And again, like you're saying, Nathan, some of this stuff you can be aware of. You can say, oh, yeah, I'm aware of this. You know, My dad was an alcoholic, and we had to take care of him, whatever. Like, Okay, you can be aware of some of that. But the stuff that was never seen, never talked about, never acknowledged, that's like hidden. It's, it's buried somewhere and it will come out. You can dig and find it if you go to therapy long enough um, <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> if you do the work, I mean, we, we can help you find that stuff because it will manifest itself in your life. And that's that's why we're talking about it, because eventually this stuff that was so critical in building the foundation of who you are and your relationships and your connection to the world, it's going to manifest itself somewhere in your, in your life.
1: You know, um, Peter Levine has a, another way of saying this type of stuff. Um, it's, he calls it the felt sense. It's this idea like that, if you picture going into I uh, I don't know, like a forest and you're kind of maybe taking a walk by yourself or hiking, and then you, just be quiet and notice what the forest feels like to you. Like you, you might feel like temperature and like literally try to listen to the silence. That That idea of when we're growing up, we're building that felt sense. It's the idea of how things feel around us, right? So if you, depending on your level of danger, like for example, growing up, will be how tuned in you are to those types of things that are more dangerous we just do it it's the way that we survive and stay alive so in the same way that how you feel when you're with a mom how you feel when you're with your dad how you feel when you're you know with whatever caregiver that you happen to be with
0: or if you're around conflict for example
1: right that's going to inform you later in life right so it's just going to feel a certain way and you may in and, and until you learn how you're feeling it. Um, you won't be able to articulate it because there was no reason for you to articulate it ever before. You never put words to it. Why would you, why would you know what those words are if you've never done it?
0: Right. And it's so, so connecting that with, with you right now, like, okay, you're coming to therapy, you're an adult, you know, you want, you're having some problems or you're experiencing something um, in yourself or maybe in your relationships and something in there is, is informing you, Hey, there's a problem here. It's like what you're saying is you don't know it's a it's a problem you don't even know it's there until it starts showing up, until you're like reacting to somebody or until somebody's like, whoa, what is going on with you? You don't seem like you're okay or whatever, and you're like, what do you mean? It's like people will start to see it or maybe you'll start to see it in yourself and have no idea what it is or where it's connected to.
1: Yeah, take the, a sim, something simple like anger, right? Somebody's told you, like, you got an anger management problem. You need to go to therapy. You know, I don't know why they sound like a redneck, but they do. That's <laughs> just the way it is.
0: But don't worry, they are always wrong.
1: <laughs> All right. So the reality is, is anger's caused for one of two reasons. It's either expectations and goals that are not met or boundaries that are crossed at the end of the day. Like, so how did you develop your felt sense when you were growing up around expectations like uh, you know at what point um did you did you start getting irritable about something that's not working out you know people told you maybe your dad or whatever told you all the time hey we're gonna go to a movie and then you never did you know like so you just didn't believe him after a while and you don't like right now before processing stuff and going into your childhood you wouldn't have any idea like that wouldn't have mattered to you you might say in a random conversation, oh, yeah, my dad, like, always told me we were going to movies and I never went. It's that, like, I can never believe anything he said. And that's it. You don't care. And there's no relationship in your mind to that event, those events, and the anger that you have now. But there is a relationship because you developed your felt sense around that. And you, you felt like, man, like, why are you even talking to me about this stupid movie when you know you're not going to go? And that same felt sense might feel similar when your spouse is telling you something that you're that you just don't believe is going to happen. And now you're getting angry about something. That, and so that's why we go in, you can kind of see that tie. So that's why we go back there.
0: Yeah, And I would add just one more, since we're talking about anger, I would I add that oftentimes it um, that can come up when we feel like an injustice has occurred. Um, yeah. And that might be connected to like a boundary was crossed, but some people experience it as like, oh, an injustice has occurred, right, right, something right. unfair or unjust has happened to me. And I'm getting angry about it to sort of like defend myself or whatever. Um, the thing, you know, talking about movies, the thing that I think about with that is Batman. I love that movie as a kid. I watched the original Batman with Michael Keaton. I think It was a Tim Burton movie. Pretty dark. But but I loved it because you see and and I really do think there was something about this that sort of connected with me as a as a therapist. As a dark child. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. We were talking about this before. Recording about this show, Three's Company, oh, yeah. about something yeah. that was like just this big misunderstanding. And you were telling me, like, well, I'll let you share. Yeah, that,
1: that's why I, that's like a good proportion of why I'm a counselor right now, because every stupid show is about <laughs> misunderstanding. And I couldn't wait to have the misunderstanding cleared up.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that we have any unresolved issues from childhood, right? But there you go. It's, Don't misunderstand me. It's that same thing, like with Batman. When I watched it when I was a kid, it was. Essentially, okay, he his parents are uh, are murdered, so there's an injustice that's occurred, and now he's this justice vigilante, right? And anytime some sort of an injustice has occurred with anybody, he takes action and's got to go, you know, protect or whatever. It's that same kind of thing that is just so palpable in your body, and it just motivates you to take action. And in his case, he's made a, a career out of being, you know, this um, this hero, superhero, or whatever. again, it's just it's fake. It's a movie or whatever. What? (laughs) Sorry, Santa Claus, not real. (laughs) Also, what (laughs) don't ruin all it? Yes, that's
1: not Aaron. Shame
0: all in one episode. (laughs) Bringing it. Um, But that's a great example of how this stuff can manifest itself in your life. And why if Batman were to go to therapy, like what happened in your childhood? (laughs) Right clearly something really big happened. Yeah,
1: well, then the therapist would take away a superpower of justice, and then Gotham would die. Like, that's, that's what would happen.
0: No, but in, and we don't. I guess that's worth saying. We don't want to take away those superpowers that come from it. We just want to resolve that, you know, that sort of the rough edges around it or the um, the unhealth of it while still maintaining all the benefits that you've developed in yourself and in your life. Because of it.
1: Right. You're giving you kind of a mindfulness about it. It's like exploring this, and then you get to decide, wow, do I really just do it for that? Like, that's weird. I don't, like, I don't really care about that anymore.
0: In some ways, it's, yeah, it's a mindfulness, or you could even say it's taking it from being an unconscious, repressed, and reactive, almost like just this automatic thing, into being something that's conscious, intentional, and like, okay, I know what I'm doing.
1: Right. Some of the best stuff is when. Uh, people come to a conclusion that's like, what? Like, re- wow, I'm really doing that because of this. Because um, there's really no other emotional information that, I, that I'm using here. And it becomes completely preposterous. And those are situations where people are able to change extremely quick. They'll go like, oh, well, I'm just not going to do that. And it doesn't even feel like they should do it again. Those are really cool, which is also why we go back down there, because it's easy to untie something at the beginning of the knot.
0: Yeah. Or on the other side, some people will continue to do the same thing. They're like, well, I still want to do this, but now I'm like consciously choosing it. And so it's a choice and I know why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for some other reasons other than I don't even know why I just feel compelled. But now they can say, oh, I want to do this for this specific reason or this value that I hold.
1: Yeah. Like it's a, it becomes a, a part of maturity to where, you know, maybe before you were criticized for the way that you're being about something, and then, you know, we figure out through it that like you own it and then you do it a little bit different and somebody criticizes you again because it sounds the same to them. And you say, no, I'm, I'm going to say this to you. It's just that like, I think you're probably hearing me like this, but this is what I mean. And it becomes uh, a movement of maturity. So
0: an integration, right? And right. ultimately that's what we want. We want this stuff that, maybe had been repressed or had been stuffed down. Maybe you didn't even know anything about it. Just unknown. Just unknown. Yeah. And that's not your fault. You, there's no way you could have known it. But now we need to know it. And we, it's not like we want to stay in childhood, you know, while we're talking about stuff in therapy. We want to get out of that. We want to gather the information, bring it into the present, and deal with it now so that you can integrate it into a more whole and authentic version of yourself.
1: So We thank you so much for listening and have a great day.
0: for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.